Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Today, I want to talk about fear. And I'll start with a question, because that's what I want to answer today. Why do people fear? We can all say, yeah, we all walk in fear, or some people say, oh, I've been dealing with fear for many years. What is fear in the first place? I can define it as a natural feeling of alarm caused by the expectation of imminent danger, pain, or disaster. Caused by an expectation of imminent uh, danger, pain, or disaster. It's that alarm. It's that natural feeling of alarm caused by the expectation you have an expectation of an imminent danger ahead of you. You have an expectation of a pain coming. You have an expectation of a disaster befalling you. That natural alarm in your soul, in your mind, in your spirit, that is fear. But I want you to underline that I have used the word expectation. Because I'm going to come back to that a bit and elucidate. I've mentioned the word expectation. It's important for you to note that I've spoken about expectation. But back to what I'm trying to ask here. Have you ever asked yourself, why do I fear? Especially for those of you that struggle with fear. Why do I fear? Why fear? Somebody say, oh no, it's a natural aspect of humanity. It's natural. People naturally fear because it's natural. Yes, but you are born again now. The Bible says that you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. You see? So when the Bible says that you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, it means that fear is a sort of bondage. See? Fear is a sort of what? Bondage. It's a sort of bondage. So it says in Romans 8.15, you have not received a spirit or the spirit of bondage again to fear. It's a sort of bondage. Now, so if you say, I am born again, I'm of a new creation, let's just say that it's natural or it's normal with a natural man or people of the flesh which are not born again to have that bondage. When you become born again, and the Bible says, who saw the sun sets free, it's free indeed, or you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That is not supposed to be a bondage that a believer should carry. Christians should not fear. A Christian should not live or walk in fear because you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Amplified Version says, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. We don't cry, Abba, Father, in pain. We cry, Abba, Father, in bliss. We're not supposed to cry, Abba, Father, in confusion. We're not supposed to cry, Abba, Father, in turmoil. It's not supposed to be the life of the Christian, at least. Not how God teaches us. Again, I'm cognizant of the fact that there are many doctrines in the body of Christ that sort of have 
you know, their own mind on what, uh, you know, a Christian is supposed to be like or how they're supposed to uh, pray to God and how they're supposed to wail and complain before God. But here is truth. The Bible says that the spirit that you have received in Romans 8, 15, the Amplified Version says that spirit produces sonship in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. So bliss means happiness and the joy, that joy unspeakable. That when you are before God, you're supposed to be with that joy of Abba Father. With that joy. Abba Father with a happiness. Abba Father with a bliss. Not Abba Father with fear. Not Abba Father in pain. Not Abba Father expecting danger. Not Abba Father expecting destruction or turmoil. Or any sort of negative energy. We're supposed to be in the bliss of. Christianity is supposed to be a life of joy. He says the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but it is in what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What are the three things? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the kingdom of God. He didn't add sorrow. He didn't add pain. He did not add fear. He did not add anxiety. No, that's not part of the kingdom. So you are born again. This is your portion. Somebody shout amen. So, for the new creation which has not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, you're not supposed to live in fear. You're not supposed to walk in fear. You're not supposed to respond in fear. You're not supposed to function in fear regardless of what is before you. Regardless of what the doctor said is on your life. Regardless of what the economy has said. Regardless of the present circumstances, God has said, the spirit that I've given you as a believer is not of fear. That means when you became born again, he substituted that spirit of fear with a spirit that adapts you and says, you are my son. So every time fear is supposed to come, that spirit comes to you and tells you, you are my son. Are you hearing me? You're born of me. You're of my nature. You're of my character. You're of my being. You are of my seed. You see, that spirit in us always reminds us, but you are my child. Why? Because that relationship is the relationship of love. That's why the Bible says that faith is best perfected in love. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth much, nor uncircumcision. You see, neither circumcision or uncircumcision availeth much. Okay, it means when it comes to the mystery of faith, what you have done in your past or what you have not done in your past has no bearing in the mystery of faith. Do you know some people say, you know, I don't deserve this miracle. Why? I killed a person. I don't deserve this miracle. I aborted the baby. I don't deserve children. I don't deserve this job. You know, I did this in 1972. Listen, in Jesus, not in your religious circles, not in your umbrella, not in your church, of your pastor who has built a doctrine outside Jesus. If we are talking about Jesus, he says, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, what you have done, nor uncircumcision availeth much. But he says, but faith which worketh by love. He says, if you understand how much I love you, that's all that matters for you to trigger the mystery of faith. If you know just how much I care, if you know what it means for me to love you unconditionally, 
You would not say, oh, I've disqualified myself because I did this. In the mystery of faith, it's not circumcision or uncircumcision. That availeth nothing. Some people think that you can only walk in faith because you did right. Even if you didn't do right, there's still a place in God that can cause your faith to work if you're perfected in love. And this is love made perfect that we might have confidence on the day of judgment for us. He is, so are we in this world. What a truth. What a truth. But let's go back to the issue of sonship. So the spirit of God that you have received, he is always telling you, you're my son. He produces sonship. Oh, I lost my job, but you're my son. Yes, my marriage is breaking, but you're my daughter. Yes, they fired me from the job, but you're my seed. I produce sonship in you, God said. That is enough to say, Abba, Father. Thank you that in spite of the loss of that job, I am still your son. Because what matters to lose a job when your father owns everything? Come on, somebody. I don't know who I'm speaking to. What matters for you to say, oh, I have issues in my marriage when it's the God of all flesh? Are you hearing me? So that's the spirit received. But Christians live in fear. There are people who are so in fear. That even when wrong news comes, before they check it, whether it's wrong, they're already scared. They live so much in fear that they even suspect things that are non-existential. You have images and pictures of things that are happening to your children, to your family, to your wife, to your husband, to your business, to your career, to your ministry, to your body, everything. You see a small swelling, you think cancer. You can't even think it's just a pimple. And then they imagine, they see themselves in a coffin when they're dead. Then they see their mothers crying. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. That's not the spirit. The Bible says you received. That's not the spirit you received. I have been in the chair of counseling people for so long. And I can tell you I have had all manner of things. Somebody's driving, but they're imagining they're going to knock. Someone just wakes up in the morning and sits there and imagine their father dying the whole day. They're imagining it. Somebody just sits there and they imagine themselves not getting married and then they imagine themselves not having children and then they have this fear that they will not get this and then they have this fear. Some of you live in perpetual fear. Everything scares you. You're even looking at the light, you can think, the light can even go off. Like, my goodness, some of you can't even sleep without lights on. That's just how much fear is in your life. Shut your tongue speaking. You're born again. You're a child of God. You serve him. That's not so the way of Christianity. I'm not here to reduce your fear. I'm here to show you why you fear. So, so when you see that from scripture, you have the decision from today to either walk in a life of fear or not. With what I'm going to share with you, you have the opportunity to either say, I'm going to walk in fear or I will never walk in fear another day. One, for example... If you have lived a life of fear, you will see that not everything you have feared has come to pass. So that means that fear is not true. Not everything you have feared has come to pass. Although the Bible is clear, what you fear will come upon you. Job says, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Job 3.25. Yes, it's true that when you start fearing, you're opening a door. Why? Because the Bible says your expectation shall not be cut short. Remember, fear is the expectation of imminent danger, imminent pain or disaster to come. 
Fear is an expectation. Did you know that fear is an expectation? Fear is an expectation. It's that alarm caused with an expectation. There's an expectation inside you. But you see, the question is, how did you get to that expectation? How did you get to that expectation? That is why it's important for you to understand the mystery of love in this. In 1 John chapter 4, 18, the Amplified Version says, there is no fear in love. Oh, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in agape. And it says in the Amplified, he acts to say, and dread does not exist. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, and perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. For fear, listen, why does it do it? For fear, the Bible says, brings with it torment. The thought of punishment. It comes with a tormentation. It comes with a thought of punishment. And as a man thinketh, so he what? He becomes. So if you think of punishment, punishment will come to you. So that's why he says that he that is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love and is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Into love's complete perfection. So then how do I grow in love? Because he has told you that he that is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love. God has said, if you have fear in your life, the problem is not fear. If you're a believer, the problem is that you have not yet gotten to the full maturity or love. That's the problem. You've not yet understood how much God loves you and what that love means. Oh, I'm afraid I'll lose this. You have not yet understood this. Oh, but the doctor said that I have an incurable disease. Oh, I have this disease. I have an STD. I have that. Oh, I'm so scared. Why are you scared? You have not yet known how much God loves you. And fear comes with punishment. You punish yourself. You see, the Bible speaks of how the servant of God should not strive. The minister should not strive. But the end of every minister is to instruct and correct and align. And the Bible speaks of men which oppose themselves. Do you know there are people in this world who set themselves against themselves? And he says, to the end peradventure, as the minister continues to teach truth, these people might come to the knowledge of the truth and repent for adventure. That the Bible says that they might snatch themselves out of the snares of the devil who are taken captive at his own will. Do you know there are people in the world who the devil just wakes up and says, cut this one, eh? I'm going to inflict her with madness. And whether she wants it or not, she'll undress and start walking like a, as a mad woman. There are people who are taken captive at the devil's will. It's no longer their will anymore. It has nothing to do with whatever they've done. They are taken captive at the devil's own will because they oppose themselves. Some people oppose themselves. Some of you oppose yourself from the love of God that is available for you. So God has said, he that is afraid is not matured in love. So then how do I understand? How do I connect with this, how do I walk out? Why do I really, really, really fear? Why do I walk in fear? Why is it that I have not, okay, been perfected in love? I know that if I'm perfected in love, fear flees because there is no fear in love. Dread uh, does not exist and love turns out fear. Okay, I know that. So how then do I connect with this love? How do I relate with this love? God is love. Isn't that a mystery? He that loveth not, knoweth not God, 1 John 4, 8, for God is love. 
So he that is afraid is not matured in love, agape. Or he that is afraid is not matured in God. He that is afraid is not matured in God. That's the hidden instruction. Because God is love. Let me show you something. You're going to get blessed. Proverbs chapter 1. The 20th verse. Proverbs chapter 1. I'm showing you how fear comes. I'm showing you how fear comes. Listen. He says, wisdom crieth without. Are you following me? Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates and in the city, she uttereth her words saying, How long will ye simple ones Will ye love simplicity? This is wisdom crying. Wisdom is crying in the gates. Wisdom is crying in the streets. Wisdom is crying in the place of concourse. He is crying everywhere. Wisdom is crying everywhere. Wisdom is trying to reach out to people who are simple. Asking the simple, how long will ye simple people love simplicity? How long will you be shallow in the things of God? How long will you be indifferent in the things of God? How long will you be so detached from the mysteries of God. Some of you are so indifferent to the word. She says, how long will you love simplicity? This is the pain and the tears of wisdom. And she continues to say, because in Proverbs it's a she, how long will you love simplicity? And scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. How long will you hate knowledge? He's talking about people who hate knowledge. How do you know that a man hates knowledge? He does not pursue it with love. Some people pursue knowledge out of responsibility only. Some people pursue knowledge out of fear. Oh, why are you tuning in? I have problems. Let me just tune in and probably listen to Apostle Grace. I'll probably come out of that challenge. So if you're out of that challenge, are you a lover of knowledge? Or you pursue knowledge only when it fits your need. You read the Bible only when you have problems. You separate yourself on the mountain when they chase you. Some of you, you need a bad boss to seek God. You need a big loss of your business to seek God. You need your spouse to just disturb your brain so heavily. Then you'll serve God. Then you, you will fast because the woman has become a problem or the man has become a problem. Also, when all things are flowing right, when the jobs are okay, when the children are fine, when the businesses are all on course, when the education is fine, when the food is on your table, do you love knowledge? That's how you know that a man loves knowledge. When a man can indulge with it when all things are well. That's a lover of knowledge. So he's asking the simple and the indifferent. How long will you hate knowledge? He says, turn ye at my reproof. Now this wisdom saying, you turn at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you and I will make known my words to you. And wisdom continues to say in verses 24, because I have called you and you have refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel. In other words, you've called nothing to my counsel. He says, I will also laugh at your calamity. Listen, because you have disconnected from wisdom, you've hated knowledge, you don't connect with revelation. Revelation, knowledge, wisdom says, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Did you hear that? I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. So why does fear come to you? Because you disconnected from wisdom. 
you rejected knowledge. You're not a lover of truth. You're not indulged with truth. Truth is not a passion. It's not an experience of love and intimacy. It's a thing that you run to only when you have problems. When the problems are gone, you leave. And he says, okay, a time is going to come where you will also have calamity and I will laugh at your calamity and I will mock when your fear cometh. So how did fear come? You disconnected from knowledge. This is eternal life. That you might know the one true God and his only son Jesus. So you see, they don't want to know God. They don't invest time in wisdom. Look at a man who lives in perpetual fear. And I'll tell you a man who is not in a consistent and persistent relationship with God. I will tell you a man who is not a seeker and love of knowledge. See a man who is constantly in fear. And I'll tell you this fear came because this man does not live a consistent and persistent life of seeking God. This man or woman is not a lover of knowledge. So he says, because you have rejected, have hated knowledge, have disconnected from wisdom, your fear will come. Fear will come. Fear will come. You're there, you're thinking things. You examine yourself. How much do you give yourself to the word? How much do you listen to the word? I tell people, do you want to be a successful and effective minister? A successful and effective Christian? A successful and effective believer? Have a daily discourse with the word. Have a daily experience with the word. Never go to bed without having an experience of the word. I have more than 3,000 sermons in recording, and I've given them free of charge on your mobile applications, on YouTube. So if you come to the offices, I will put them for you free on your flash disks or whatever. I've given out free CDs. Why? If you know a man who listens to the word every day, that man cannot live in fear. Because God has showed us how fear comes. This is how fear comes. There is no other way. Not to know God means that you have opened the door to fear. Not to invest time in seeking God with intimacy means that you have opened yourself to the door of fear. And the Bible says, I will laugh when your fear comes. 27, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. And this is funny. When the challenges come, true. Verses 28, then they shall call upon me. You see why they call upon God? Because now desolation has come. A whirlwind has come and blown their business. It has come and shaken their marriage. It is in their womb. It's in their bodies. It is in their blood. It is in their head. It's in their businesses. Some of you cannot even sleep anymore. You don't know why. Every time you go to bed, you wake up with pain. Some sort of pain. And then the Bible says, then they call upon him when trouble comes. And the Bible says, and I will not answer. They shall seek me early. The Bible says, but they shall not find me. Verses 29. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That is why some issues cannot be fixed. Some issues cannot be fixed. 
There was a lady in the ministry many years ago. I'll not mention her name. She one time got cancer. And I prayed with her and the cancer was healed. Totally, totally. Until they could not trace any cancer in her body. And then one, two, three years later, four, she's okay. Then one day she receives an instruction, not from God, but from a prophetess, a certain prophetess. I believe this prophetess meant well, but I also believe that this prophetess did not hear from God. So this prophetess gives this woman an instruction and um, she does that instruction according to what the prophetess had said. And you know, some of you need to know that you need to define the voice that speaks to you. Some of you open your hearts and souls and minds to everything on Facebook, on YouTube. As long as it sounds like your pastor, as long as it sounds like something you've read, as long as it sounds like something that is true, as long as it sounds like the other man of God who preaches the things you understand. Listen, voices are not true because they preach the right doctrine. Men of God are not true because they all preach the same things. Men of God are true because they're defined in a certain authority in the spirit. If God has given you the grace to find a voice that speaks to you, listen to that voice. Because this person was submitted to me in the ministry, but she went whoring. The word is whoring. With other people. Oh, speak in my life, speak in my life. This wonderful prophetic woman who I know was just indifferent, spoke something into her life, gave her an instruction. Two years later, I'm with this woman in America somewhere in a state X. I'm ministering. And in a vision of the night, God shows me she has developed cancer and in one year she had died. I called and I said, I saw something. Let's meet together tomorrow morning and pray. I believe we're probably in Arizona. And I called her and I said, you know, the Lord has showed me something. You are going to develop cancer in one year. And you are going to die. Another aggressive cancer was going to come into your body. Let's pray. We prayed, prayed, prayed. Because I believe God reveals to redeem. After a couple of months, the cancer returned. And she wasn't. She gets to a point of death. I go back to God. I said, but we rebuked this. We cast this thing out. How come this cancer has returned in this body? And the Lord told me something. There are certain laws that were set in her heart that cannot allow me to work in her life. One of which was fear. And that fear was not supposed to be in her life. But she has mixed too much seed. The Bible says you shall not plant your garden with various seed. Fact one version says this to confuse the ground. She confused her heart with too much doctrine and she died. She died. Even though the Lord had showed it. So I realized that certain things, even if we try, we might not be able to change. Because you don't know what is in the heart of the person. Some people speak one thing, but their heart is in another place. But fear was one of the things that actually claimed her. But before the fear, she received the wrong instruction from a prophetic person. Because some people don't separate accuracy from truth. Some of you, your lives are at the thread like this. 
The next instruction can build you or kill you. That is why you must know the truth. Because if this woman was a reader of the Bible, she would have discerned that even though this person is speaking from God, there are principles according to truth that would not allow me to obey that instruction. But she did not see it that way. And we lost someone, very young age, many dreams ahead of her life. Ahead of her life. These days and these things should teach us. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, let's go back. So, they call upon wisdom in the time of the trouble. And at that point, it's so late. Why? Because they have set too many laws in their body, in their souls, in their spirits, that will and must work against them. Some of them, by the grace of God, are redeemable. Some of them are not redeemable. That is why some people die. Oh, but this person had faith, but you don't know what was in their heart. You don't know what was in their heart as a seed. Because you see, faith is only right if it comes from truth. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Any word that is not of God has no faith, even though your mind agrees with it. Some people think that because your mind agrees, mental assent, they think that their hearts are full of faith. No, there's a difference. We lost somebody like that. Why? Because they did not understand truth. So the Bible says, for they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. If you will jump to verses 33, very powerful scripture. He says, whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. Whosoever hearkeneth to me. Whoever learns to listen to me the right way. The Bible says that man shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. If you read that from the Amplified Version, he says, whosoever hearkens to me, wisdom, he says, shall dwell, listen, securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without, without fear or dread or evil. That person will not have fear. That person will not live in dread. That person will not expect or even live with evil. Why? Because they have learned to hear God. So the reason why you fear is that simple. You do not relate with God the right way. If you know God the right way, fear flees. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah again. In 2 Peter, the first chapter, very common verse, but I, I want to make it so uncommonly beautiful today. If you read from the Amplified Version, 2 Peter, the first chapter, the second verse, it says, may grace, that's God's favor, and peace, what is peace? Which is perfect well-being, comma. Listen to how the Amplified emphasizes it. All necessary what? All necessary what? All spiritual what? Prosperity and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Let it be multiplied to you in the full personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how is peace multiplied? How is grace multiplied? Answer me. How is peace multiplied? Through the knowledge of God. Through the knowledge of God. Grace and peace are multiplied, not fear. Grace and peace. You have peace in the storm. Jesus is sleeping in a boat that is shaking and people are thinking that they're going to sink. But Jesus is sleeping in the very boat. Peace. Grace and peace are multiplied to him because he knows the Father. Grace and peace be multiplied. And what is that peace? He has called it a perfect well-being will be multiplied to you. He has called it 
all necessary good will be multiplied to you. All spiritual prosperity will be multiplied to you. And the freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts, you will not have fear. You will be free from fear. Your spirit will be prosperous. Your well-being will be perfect. And all necessary good, everything that is of necessity, good is yours. He says, all of that is multiplied through the knowledge of God. When you know God, that is multiplication, not addition. <laughs> that is multiplication. Do you know what it's like to be multiplied in spiritual prosperity? Do you know what it means to be multiplied every day with good? Do you know what it means to be multiplied every day with well-being? Every morning your body is healthy. Every day you wake up stronger than yesterday. Glory to God. You're not on a panado and an aspirin. You wake up and you feel like you want to run five kilometers. And after running five kilometers, you feel like you're... sometimes I get on basketball and I run and I play for one hour and I see some people sitting down and I play the second hour and I see more people sitting down. I play the third hour, but I feel like I'm more healthy. I feel like I Want to run? Well-being is there. I'm healthy from my head to my toe. The heart is pumping right. The blood is running. Oh my God! Why? Because I know God. I know God. All of that is because you know God. Otherwise, the time I could not even run for ten minutes or five, my heart would be out. But you meditate those things because you know God. You know God. He is your strength. He is your peace. He is your joy. He is your glory. He is your provision. He is your prosperity. He is your favor. He is your dream. He is your vision. He is your experience. He is your answer. He is your solution. He is the head. He says the path of the just shines bright and bright unto a perfect day. Get to know me. Get to know me. He says, get to know me. Get to know me. You'll see peace multiplied. You'll sit in a place where everyone is troubled, but you have peace. You'll start fearing because you don't fear anymore. That's why I prophesy in you in the name of Jesus Christ. I prophesy you in an atmosphere. I prophesy you in a place where you're going to worry because you don't worry because you don't worry. In Jesus' name. Where fear is not in you, regardless of what's on the table, regardless of what is said, you shall not fear. He says, behold, I made the what? The smith that makes man's calls in fire and makes instruments. He says, I created all that. I created all that. And I said, because I made any man who could make any weapon. That's why I say that no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Because I made those who make those weapons. I made the people who make nuclear warhead. And I can tell you because I made them. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. I made the men who make guns. No gun shall shoot you. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I made the guy who makes bombs. You will never be in a place and a bomb will detonate. On your body? No, sir. That is not your portion. It's not even something you're supposed to worry about. I made the man who made the car. You will never die in a car accident. That is what I mean. That is what I mean. He says, this is the heritage of my servants and their righteousness is of me. Not of them, not even of what you think of them. So he has even separated me from your opinion about me. It doesn't matter what you think about me. 
I'm his servant. That's my heritage. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let's continue with Peter. I want to finish. Verses 3. Grace and peace is multiplied unto you through the knowledge of truth of God because his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness. Through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence of virtue. You see, you are going to have grace and peace multiplied to you through the knowledge of God because his divine power has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything that is requisite and suit for a life that is perfect and excellent in God. It has already been given to you. So why then are you investing yourself in seeking knowledge to connect to what has already been given to you? This is what he's saying in the simpler language. Peace, grace, all of these good things are multiplied to you as you continue seeking my knowledge because in seeking my knowledge, you will find that I gave you everything that pertains to life and godliness and all you need to do is to know what I have given you. So the man which doesn't know what was given them will fear because they will not know that it's already available for them. Oh, you have HIV, you have cancer. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Why do they say they're going to die? Because they do not know that they were healed. Oh, but they claim it. Yeah, their minds claim it, but their hearts haven't received it. So how does it live from your mind to the heart? Practice, exercise yourself. Read one scripture and repeat it 20,000 times if you have to. Oh, you wake up with a pain, you say, I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. And yes, I have the life of God in me. Now, I'm not even quoting it. I'm saying it. You speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it and speak it until every cell in your body carries the memory that you have the life of God within you. You'll see your body has no choice. That's how you speak to your finances. Hello. That's how you speak to your body. Hello. That's how you speak to your children. Hello. That's how you speak to your job. Hello. That's how you speak to everything. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. Somebody shout amen. amen. So he says this divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited for life and godliness. Who? Personal knowledge. Epignosis of whom? Who called us by and to his own glory, not suffering, not pain. He called us to his own glory and virtue. Verses 4, by the means of this calling, by the means of this divine power, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises so that through them, eh, through those promises, he says you may escape by flight, <laughs> you may escape by flight from any decay, moral decay, disease. You can run away from disease or disease can run away from you, whichever you want it, whichever you want. He says that you might escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, the lust and greed and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. So. That's why you have exceedingly great promises. That's why you have the promises of God. You see, did he promise that with long life I will satisfy you? Did he say? And when he said it, didn't he know that in that day COVID would be there? 
Ah, when he said that with long life I'll satisfy you, did he not know that there will be an incurable disease, an incurable virus? You think he didn't know? In spite of the fact that he knew that that disease would be there, he still said that with long life I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. He still said it. <laughs> Woo! He still said it. He still said it. He still said it. Even when he knew that poverty would come in 2020, 2021, even when he knew that flights will close, businesses will close, people will start working from home, some people will lose their jobs, some of them will fail to pay the rent from their businesses, and that they'll fail to pay buildings, they'll fail to do this. He saw all of that. And he said that you know the grace that was given of our Lord, for though he was rich but made himself poor for your sakes, that through his poverty you might become rich. He knew all of that, but he still promised. The Bible says, look in the book. He says, none shall lack her mate. Women, he said, none shall lack her mate. He knew you'd be raised around crazy folk. Oh my goodness. But he still said, you will not lack your husband. Yours is the Somebody shout, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, that your children shall be for signs and wonders. I said, don't say, God, give me children. He knew that you'd have an attack on your womb. But even with the deadness of your womb, he still said, he told Abraham, that your descendants shall be as the stars in the sky. Sarah's womb is dead. Abraham is a hundred. But he's saying, your descendants shall be as the stars in the sky. That should tell you, you're not supposed to worry. Look at the patriarchs, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, Barim, Isaac, and his wife, Rebecca, she's barren. Jacob, double barrenness in Rachel and Leah. And all of these women which are barren have men whom God has promised. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's why you should marry men of God. Because if God has promised a man something, he told Abraham, I will bless you. You shall have offsprings as the stars in the sky. It doesn't matter whether he has married the barren woman. He promised Abraham. He promised Abraham. That's why you should marry women of God. Because if God has spoken to her that you shall be a success, it doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter what is happening. I have a promise concerning my children. I have a promise concerning my life. I have a promise concerning my ministry. Do you? Do you? He says by these exceedingly precious promises, the Bible says you will escape the flight of the corruption and deadness that is in this evil world. That is how I know that I'm above the world because I have promises that have set me above the world. I have promises that have set me above the world. That's why me when I'm reading things like you shall be the head and not the tail. No, I don't think of Kampala. I don't think of Uganda. I mean the whole, the whole world will hear me. Those who haven't yet, just give me a few months, a few years. The whole world will hear me. Whether they want it or not. Why? Because I am standing. Standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. 
I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing. I'm standing. Standing on the promises that can not fail when the holy storms of doubt and fear assail by the living word of God, I shall prevail. Standing on the
situation that you're going through wait take a minute one minute and get one promise in the word and claim it over that thing say the bible says that you are wounded for my transgressions bruised for my iniquities that's a promise you said by your stripes i was healed and now say i receive healing you say the inhabitants of zion none shall say i am sick for i shall forgive them of all their sins you are forgiven receive your healing i decree in the name of jesus that you are well and provided for your well-being is guaranteed in the mighty name of jesus christ that all necessary good comes to you in the mighty name of jesus that all spiritual prosperity is yours in the mighty name of jesus and they will be multiplied on you every day as you invest your time and life in the knowledge of the truth you shall not fear you shall not worry you shall not be shaken why because you know god i always used to tell people around me every time hard times would come i always tell them i know god i think some of you now know what i meant every time things come through i always tell people i saw the lord and i know him i saw god and i know him he is big he is mighty he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which you dare to ask or think according to the working power that worketh in you mightily and so i decree and i declare that it is well with you it's well with your job your finances your ministry your body your life your marriage your dreams your aspirations your commitments it is well with you you have a great year you have great years ahead of you you're going to live a full life you're going to see your children your great-grandchildren your great-great-great-great-grandchildren you will go to your grave as a stalk of wheat uh, full in its season you'll not die young you'll not die early the winds of violence are far from you accidents and misfortunes they're not your story there's no pain for you there's no disaster awaiting you great days are ahead of you expect good from god in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed and all saints said, come on, clap, 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 clap. Can you shout amen? Can you shout amen? Hallelujah, glory to God. If you're there and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You just need to repeat these words after me. You say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory tonight i receive you as my personal lord and savior amen the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero ministries international for more information contact us on telephone number 041 466 4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.